Welcome to the Bridge to God's Word podcast with Carla Unseth, a linguistic consultant for missionaries working in Bible translation. We invite you to visit us at www.bridgetogodsword.org to learn more about Carla's ministry. Now, here's linguistic consultant Carla Unseth. Hi, this is Carla Unseth, and welcome to Building a Bridge to God's Word. I am a missionary with Pioneer Bible Translators, and at Pioneer Bible, we work with people all over the world who don't have the Bible yet in their own language. So on this podcast, I usually talk about translation-related topics, but I also think that it's important for those of us who who already have the Bible in our language to trust the translation that we have and to use the Bible. So we just finished a podcast series on a Bible study method that you can use on your own, and now I would like to start a series on how we got our English Bible. I think there's a lot of questions that people have about what translations we should trust, why there's different translations, why they're different from each other, which was the original translation, um, and things like that. So I hope that through this podcast series I can help you increase your understanding of biblical history and also increased your trust in the Bible. So let's start at the very beginning of the history of the Bible. And the first question we should ask is, who wrote the Bible anyway? If you've grown up with the Bible, you probably know the answer to this question. But if you haven't, you may wonder why we say that the scripture is God's words, but we also say that other people wrote the books of the Bible. So like, Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. Paul wrote several of the letters in the New Testament. So how can it be that God wrote them and these men wrote them? So the answer to this question is what we call inspiration. This means that God inspired the writers and they wrote down what he gave them to write. This concept comes from a passage in 2 Peter 1, 20-21, which says, Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So this idea of being carried along is what we're talking about here. They wrote the words down, but they were moved completely by the Holy Spirit to do so. So we could say it this way, the cause is God. The instruments are the human writers, and then the result, what we have, is the authoritative word of God. So then the next question we want to ask is, how far does this inspiration extend? Does it mean that our translations today are inspired, even though they are translations and copies of the original? Well, it is true that there is a difference between the actual writing done by Moses or Paul or whoever else and the Bible that we have today. They are separated by many years and by different languages, so we do have to make some distinctions. So first, we're not going to say that our Bible is not inspired. It is still the words of God, and it is still inspired by God. However, the original writings have a different kind of inspiration. It's called innate inspiration. That is, that means that by their very nature, they are inspired by God because they were touched, these manuscripts were actually touched by the pen of the man who is in the Holy Spirit. Their inspiration is inherent within the text. When these manuscripts were copied, 
and then later translated, they didn't have that same innate inspiration, but they do have what is called derived inspiration. So they receive inspiration in that they are accurate copies and translations of the original. So in so far as they reflect what the original actually said, they are inspired. That's called derived inspiration. So the thing with translations and copies that makes inspiration derived rather than innate is the possibility of mistakes or errors creeping into the text. So before you freak out, <laughs> I want to give you a little bit of background to help you understand how errors can get into the text and what that means for us. First, what I mean by errors is places where there are two ancient manuscripts that have different things written on them. So there are lots of manuscripts and these manuscripts come from different copies being made throughout the centuries. So immediately after they were written, different people wanted to read them, so they were copied and passed around. And then the same thing has happened through the centuries. And this, of course, happened well before the printing press, so any copies had to be made by hand. And if you've ever copied anything by hand, you know that it's really easy to make a mistake. So you might spell something wrong, you might skip over a word, add in a word, mix up words, or that type of thing. And so when we talk about errors, those are the types of errors or, or variations that are found in the biblical manuscripts. Now, if you've ever played the game of telephone, you might be wondering if the Bible that we have today even remotely reflects the original. And that has been a question that many scholars have asked. And we had a rather astonishing answer in the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls. So before the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls, the oldest Hebrew language manuscript, so we're talking about the Old Testament, dated from the 10th century AD. So that's about 900 years after Christ. But the finding of the Dead Sea Scrolls moved that date a full thousand years back because the Dead Sea Scrolls dated from the second century BC. So that would have been during the time between the Old and New Testaments in the Bible. So that's before Christ. So what they found was astonishing accuracy between the texts they had and the Dead Sea Scrolls. So remember, there's about a thousand years in between those texts. And what I'll read you what one Hebrew scholar, his name is Miller Burroughs, said about it. Of the 166 words in Isaiah 53, there are only 17 letters in question. Ten of these letters are simply a matter of spelling, which does not affect the sense. Four more letters are minor stylistic changes, such as conjunctions. The remaining three letters comprise the word light, which is added in verse 11 and does not affect the meaning greatly. So the great thing about the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls was seeing that the Word of God truly has been preserved for us in an amazing way. So if we look at the whole Bible, there are about 150,000 variants, which is a very large number, but most of those are spelling and grammar changes or changes that are really easy to reconcile because they don't have much manuscript support. 
So there's only about 50 variants which actually raise questions among scholars, but they are quick to point out that none of them actually affect doctrine. All these variations are things that can be explained by other parts in the Bible. So because we know that the Bible doesn't contradict itself, we can interpret these errors by what it says in other places. So there's actually a whole field of study called textual criticism, which looks at all the manuscripts that we have and all the variants, and then based on different factors decides which text is more likely to be the original. And their decisions are used in the Hebrew and Greek Bibles that we have today, though they'll note in there where there's variation. So you can look at it too and make decisions, but, um, but they compile it in a way that we can see what, what's probably the best decisions that could be made. So then we use those Hebrew and Greek texts when we translate the Bible into different languages. And they were also used in translating most of the English versions that we have. And then we use them, of course, as we do Bible translation around the world. So that's actually a big part of my job as a consultant. I look at the Hebrew and Greek texts and make sure that the translations I'm checking accurately reflect what is said in the Hebrew and Greek. So all the scholarship that's put into the Bible means that we really can trust that it accurately reflects the original and that it has this derived inspiration. So just to give you a little recap, the very beginning of the Bible starts with God. And God wrote the scripture, God wrote the words of scripture through men, and this is called inspiration. So the original writings have innate inspiration because they're directly from God. But the copies and translations that have been made through the years and that we have now have derived inspiration. So that means that they're inspired insofar as they reflect the original. And though we today are studying copies and translations, we can trust their accuracy because we have this study called textual criticism, where we can study all the manuscripts to be able to recreate an accurate picture of the original. So I hope you're ready to take a little journey through biblical history because we are going to move on from here and talk about the beginning stages of Bible translation. And then we will look at how the Bible came into English and the path the Bible has made through English. So I hope that you'll join us next time. And thank you for listening to Building a Bridge to God's Word. 